0: Thank mm-hmm. you. episode four of the all prediction no production podcast I'm Jared Floyd I'm Walker Snowden and uh, getting you through the uh, what we call the 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 pilot pack of uh, five episodes to to get you started on uh, well for a lot of you that are listening on this um, the Super Bowl Sunday or maybe Super Bowl Monday
1: right it's gonna be a nice solid set I'd say.
0: Whoa, the alliteration was impressive there. <laughs> if you don't know who we are, uh, we're two broadcast meteorologists. I wouldn't even say TV meteorologists because we right. broadcast on so many different mediums now. Um, but uh, two broadcast meteorologists in uh, the Arclamas, uh, Northeast Louisiana. We're basically out of uh, Monroe and West Monroe, Louisiana. Uh, and and uh, we just talk about uh, a little bit about weather, mm. uh, about the broadcast industry and what we do, and uh, also a little bit of non productive talk, just a little bit of everything. Uh, today's non productive talk, uh, the no production part, the second segment will be about uh, dealing with winter weather, so it is still weather related, but it's not right. science nerdy it, talk. It's still like pretty the, fun. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, first segment of the day uh, is uh, the science behind weather forecasting. This was a, a, a listener uh, or a viewer uh, suggested topic. Again, we're television meteorologists and then uh, we're Kind of getting this medium off the ground, and, mm. and and this particular person wanted to know a little bit about more about the the in-depth part of weather forecasting. Yeah. Walker, I'm gonna let you go first. I mean, I mean, it's a
1: pretty it's a multifaceted thing. There's a lot of different avenues that you can take. There's a lot of different routes, and I I guess let's take the approach of how it is per person, like because each right. person has their own way of forecasting, has their own method that they have. You know, you have your own method. I have mine. We look at different stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I'd say a a pretty standard thing when forecasting is you always want to look at current conditions, right? And that includes temperature, it includes dew points. We're talking about if it's actually raining or not raining, sky conditions, and those kinds of things. Would you agree? Yeah,
0: I mean, you you gotta before you can even get started in what's going to happen, you gotta look at what's happening right now. Mm. And I would also say that you could kind of you have to go backwards a little bit and see. What has happened? Um, Absolutely. In fact, what what's the first thing we do when we get in at two o'clock in the afternoon?
1: We check the temperatures and it, see how how low did we get last night?
0: Yep. We check the overnight low and pretty much where we are temperature wise mm-hmm. right now because we're probably approaching the daytime high on a normal day. So yeah, I would say backwards current and then we move forward mm-hmm. a- and 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 the forward part's the the hard part. Yeah,
1: of course it is the hard part, but it's also you know the part that can be the most gratifying because obviously. It can be pretty cool to try to predict the future.
0: Nothing like nailing a forecast. Right, exactly. Um and and like you said, current conditions, you also have to look at um, you know, and here's where a lot of this this topic is going to go. It's going to go into computer <laughs> forecast modeling. Oh boy. And and for those if, for those who don't know what a computer forecast model is. Mm. Walker, you you just graduated. Well, not just graduated, but right. you know, you're you're fresher out of school than I am. I know what it is. but So uh,
1: a weather model, it's better known as a numerical model, is a series of programming and equations that, that are the atmosphere is composed of, so many different equations that we use to calculate this thing and the other thing. Well, this model and many different models all do that on a day-to-day basis. It takes in those current observations into play and basically simulates the 3D atmosphere. Correct. Which is incredible and um, you know, model forecasting has improved so much even over the last decade, and so now these models that we see, you have to consider them like people. Each of them are individuals almost, and they have their biases and what they're good right. at, And because even me and you, there's differences between us, you have your strengths, I have mine. Sure. And the models have, are the same way, would you agree?
0: Yeah, I totally agree, and, and the other thing that you have to take into account, and, and when you talk about computer modeling, is basically they're just, they're, they're big, Computers that do math equations and then spit an output out, Mm -hmm. trying to again numerical modeling, and they are considered model guidance. They call it guidance for a reason because it it guides you to your the building Uh of the forecast. They are never meant to be a a a, an output that it's never meant to be a designed forecast. No, that's not not what they're there for.
1: Verbatim, that's not what they're intended for at all. And
0: that's where. Social meteorology um, has kind of taken off and, right. and it, is, it is very, very good in many ways, but it's also horrible um, mm. for the weather enterprise in other ways. But again, that's a topic for a different oh, podcast yeah. and boy, that one will be a long one. That may be a two-parter, but uh, the, the, the model guidance is there to give you solutions. They're doing math problems basically all day to give you an output uh, of what you can expect um. Uh. For your area. Now, mm-hmm. the other thing to take into account is some computer models are what we call short-range computer right. models. Um. And, and and so you've got models like the HER and mm-hmm. the HRRR, which high, is the high-resolution rep- rapid, rapid refresh, refresh model. Mm-hmm. Surprise! We both memor- memorized we that because <laughs> um, we just call them by the what the acronyms or yeah, whatever. All I just the like on it the HER. It's fun. Yeah, so it is the HER. Um, and, and it only goes out what forty eight hours right. on on right. every six hours, but usually only goes out eighteen hours. Mm-hmm. So you're only looking at here in the short term, next you know day or so, what's going to happen.
1: And so also just quickly on the HER, sure. if just to get a little technical, the HER also has hour by hour model outputs. And so some models, we only get four outputs per day, and the HER gives us an output, albeit very short output, not for very long into the future. It gives us one every hour. So that can be pretty useful for developing forecasts as well. So about the
0: time that you're you're getting through that model data and going, okay, well that's what it's thinking is gonna happen over the next 18 hours. Oh, here comes another run of it mm-hmm. and you've got more, more information to look at, which can be beneficial, but it can also drive you crazy at right. times because now you've got too much information at times.
1: And this is why I said and made that analogy, they're like people because right? because some models, like you said, like the HER, are short range, very sure. minute by minute basis stuff. And then there's the medium range stuff. What we're looking at in the next two to three days, right?
0: Right, and, and, and so that's um that's kind of where we are in the general thought process of how how these things are built in the in the short range. Then you got the medium range computer models, and and those are what we would call the ones that go out. That the NAM is probably mm-hmm. the primary one that most of us are, are are familiar with in the weather world. And if and if you've ever been kind of a a weather nerd and and you and you look at computer modeling and so much of it is available online and that's that's one of the positives i believe is is i think more information is a good thing more information in the hands of an irresponsible person is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but again, different, 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 topic for a different uh, day. But you get the medium range models; they go on about eighty-four hours. Uh, so you're talking you know, three and a half days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have the longer range models. My
1: personal favorite,
0: the 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 Goofus, the Goofus, the, like the GFS, talk. the yes. Global Forecasting System, which I will say is a computer model that has made leaps and bounds and improvements in the last two decades. I'd mean, say
1: Eatman in the last decade. Alone. Really, in the last yeah.
0: two years, if you want mm-hmm. really to want to get real. The, this latest upgrade has just been phenomenal. But again, neither here nor there. And then you have the, the European model, which is called the ECMWF. But It's just the European right. computer model, which used to be kind of the Cadillac of longer range computer models. It still does a very good job. Those computer models, we so another thing to take into account is not only do you have ranges of models, short range, medium range, long range. Then you have even longer ranges than that. Right. But uh, that's when you start getting out of weather and into mm-hmm. almost climate right. um but uh you know you've got the 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 ranges then you have resolutions so you have so just like you have mm-hmm. a television that has a uh you know a 1080p or a you know a 720p mm-hmm. or whatever every tv has a different resolution these computer models have different resolutions so they're basically taking a grid forecast across the entire well whatever region they're they're modeling and, and yeah, you know, the resolution is what it is. Mm. You know, either you're, you know, doing, you know, a, a three-kilometer computer model or a fifteen-kilometer computer model, which is basically three square mm. kilometers of grid information. And we could get really technical, but we're not going to. So again, basically, higher resolution means more detail. Lower resolution means less detail. Usually, lower resolution goes farther mm. out in time because you're, you're
1: calculating all this data. And I, I kind of want to talk about a little bit and what instances we use each of those models as well. So the short range, for say, I want to try to figure out tonight's low, tomorrow's high, uh, rain conditions over the next 12 hours potentially, that's short range stuff. Longer range models, that is where we're seeing, you know, am I expecting rain a week from now? What about temperatures in the next six to 10 days? Right. Precipitation chances in the next six to 10 days. And we're not looking at specifics of that. We're just looking at trends. And so when we say that a lot on air too, yeah, we're we're looking at this model, and we're not looking at specifics. We're looking at trends because that's what the model is supposed to be used for.
0: And so that's that's kind of the basis of computer modeling. And and we could go. Uh, again, topic for a different day into computer models and what they do well and what they don't do right. well uh, but w- this this would take forever uh, and, and we, <laughs> I mean while we do have an extended period and, and, and in many senses an unlimited sense of time you know here on this podcast I just don't want to bore folks with a lot right. of things that's basically the the nuts and bolts of how computer models work and then you move on from that. You've got all these tools. You've got the computer models and you've got mm-hmm. the, the, the data and the instrumentation. You've got satellite imagery, you've got radars, you've got all this stuff across the country. Now you've got to look at what's happening at the surface. Yes. What's happening in the mid-levels of the atmosphere. Weather doesn't just happen at ground level. Mm-hmm. And, and, and boy, does it not happen just no. at ground level.
1: Everything above us is really what dictates the ground level. Yeah. It's all about the upper levels. So, so,
0: so you've got to think, and, and you hear us talk a, a lot about, well, there's an upper level low. Uh, or, or there's a ridge of high pressure aloft. You know that all, you know all of that has something to do with what's happening in our atmosphere. And, and, and so, not only, you know, sometimes you get really strong troughs of low pressure that produce very strong areas of low pressure at the surface, mm-hmm. and and that's a powerful, you know, mid latitude cyclone in, in in many instances. But sometimes you just have a big strong upper low, and it never really develops any surface features, right. or, or and and so. sometimes you you have things that happen at the surface or you have things that happen aloft, but they don't necessarily correspond to anything in a different level of the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously if something happens in one place, it's going to obviously result to, to something significant happening somewhere mm-hmm. else. You can get upper lows that can create, you know, big swaths of rainfall. You know, we get deep troughs of low pressure that never really bring us severe weather, but they bring us big, you know, shots of cold air or whatever. You know, it just depends on what ingredients you're now feeding into these storm systems. Because that then now you have to go from all the different levels of the atmosphere. Now you have to start looking at moisture content in the atmosphere, where those winds are. Are they out of the southwest and the mid-levels? Are we are they changing? are
1: they, Are we expecting them to change?
0: Correct. And, and on top of that, you're also having to take into account what has happened in the last 48 to 72 exactly. hours. If you just exactly. had a big cold front come through and, and it's drastically colder and drier, Big whoop of, on getting a new storm system through. You don't have any moisture to work with, so it's not going to change. You, you may get a, a, a stark warm up, but you are not necessarily that. Doesn't translate to rain or snowfall. Mm. You know, it, so it all it's all interconnected.
1: And all that to to say this, you know, we have the observations at the surface. We have the observations in all the levels of the atmosphere. We have our models, and we're just taking in all the information, interpolating it, you know, inter- interpreting it, and just trying to interpreting
0: it. Interpreting. I think you said interpretating.
1: I think I did, but I was, I'm I was not even say, editing that out, man. I was gonna, gonna say. Stay. I was gonna say. I was. I was trying to say, like interpolating within the model data Correct. or extrapolating. Extrapolating. Yeah. So within See, and without what we're expecting.
0: And and then the other thing to take into account with that is, uh, you just said we have observations in all levels of the atmosphere. Mm. Some folks are probably going, well, how you how do you get those observations? Well, the National Weather Service twice a day. In every office across the country, and they have a bunch. I don't even mm-hmm. know how many National Weather Service offices there are. I probably should know this, but I don't. Um, and I'm not going to Google it because I don't feel like it. Um, so every National Weather Service office sends a weather balloon up twice a day, yep. six o'clock in the morning, six o'clock in the well zero z 0Z and twelve z. Uh, sometimes Doing that's in, at our time. It's um, you know seven p seven a sometimes of the year six a six p other times of the year. Right. They send those weather balloons up, and that those observations. Are then, you know, pumped into all that data, uh, and, and all that model data, and so that's where we get it all. And, and and then it then it becomes the the meteorologist, the the skill of the meteorologist, so to speak, to interpret that data, know where the like you said the bias lies in certain mm-hmm. models. Like for instance, I hate using there's the, there's the Canadian model. Oh boy! Um, and the Canadian model is hot garbage when it, it comes to forecasting snow in bad. the south. It just can't right. do it because it's it's Canadian. I right, mean, it's, I mean not, it's not meant to it's do It's used to dealing with snow in Canada. Right. I almost said Canadian. Canadian. <laughs> it's Canadian. Um, but, you know, it, but that's that's where it is. And is that's where its limitations lie. Mm-hmm. Then you've got, you know, the GFS, which does everything okay. Right. Um, but it's lower resolution.
1: And you have to know when the models are just blatantly wrong. Correct. They will they will lead you away from the path of truth. They will try to lead you awry, but yep. you just have to know. And in certain situations, you know that takes time.
0: Yeah, and and, and like I said, you also knowing your area, knowing your microclimates. Uh, microclimates basically being you know small changes in weather patterns because of you know mountainous changes. You know we we know that for instance um, a couple uh, last uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, We had winter weather um, or a winter weather threat that included some ice storm warnings and some winter storm warnings in South Arkansas. The cold air really got kind of dammed up around the Ouachita Mountains. And I talked to you about that, and I told Mm -hmm. you that's one of the weird things that can happen here in the wintertime. And the Weather Service even uh, in Shreveport acknowledged it as well. Um, In fact, I I think I pretty much learned it from them probably 10 or 15 years ago. Um, But yeah. Air get got caught up along the Washita mm-hmm. Mountains, and and that cold air is really shallow, so it can't get up the slope of the mountains, and so it gets stopped there, and so temperatures actually stayed in the in the upper 30s in Shreveport instead of dropping to below freezing for a little while. Um, so it altered, you know, when they changed over to freezing rain, sleet, snow, and all that stuff. So that's right things that happen that you've got. to – I mean, sometimes the computers are still computers, you know, it, it takes, it takes knowing the air. And also on that note, is how many strides we've made in, in in computer forecast modeling, and how impressive it's got. Especially in tropical weather, oh wow! Um, uh, hurricane forecasting has gotten so much better in the last fifty. It really, since I've become a professional, has nothing to do with me. It's just in mm. in, in, in it's a coincidence. <laughs> I didn't have anything
1: to do with it. I was just watching them going, "Hey, gr- great job, guys! Keep it up!" Like, can we talk about the Ida forecasting just really quickly? Sure. Yeah. Like that was incredible. Just from start to finish, uh, that was from my tenure here, so I'd been here for a couple of months at that point, mm-hmm. just getting into hurricane season, and before it's even a tropical cyclone, before it's even a potential tropical cyclone, um, they're already forecasting its rapid intensification, yep. and from from the get-go, we, we were on it from the jump, and just good forecasting. I'll tell
0: you another one that the National Hurricane Center did, and, and this is, an, again, a, a, another podcast subject if we wanted to, um, but... The, another one that they just did an, an amazing job on was Hurricane Harvey. Oh, yeah. Uh, when it just drenched the Texas coastline, Houston, and all those areas, if y'all remember that. Uh, but it was unbelievable. They they were warning people and, and things that people weren't believing. Right. You know, they were warning, hey, you're gonna get forty to forty-five inches of rain along the Texas coast. And when you hear things like that, you a lot of folks immediately go, you're, you're fear-mongering, yeah. you're scaring people, you're trying to push them. No, you're going, that's mm. what the that's what the data's giving us. And in many instances, and I'll go back to another one. Um, our March, 2016 floods, you weren't here. A lot of our listeners will remember. That's one I mean, of the, we've the, talked the, about that. Yeah, a lot. we've talked about it, but I remember Kaylee Klostermeyer was our morning meteorologist at the time. And she sent me a screen capture. I still have it of, um, one of our in-house computer models suggesting that Monroe was going to get 19 inches of rain over three days. And, and I, that's just and, gotta and, be and, wild. and she goes, and she sent it to me. She's like, I can't show this on air because people are going to, going to think I'm trying to scare them. She was like, but it could happen if yeah. if everything pans out, and I and and I said, just do it, you know, do you know you do you, you know. I trusted her as a forecaster; she was phenomenal, she still is. Um, but you know, she went out and did the forecast, and then I came in that night. And I think I said ten to fourteen, and yeah. I was getting messages from people saying, "There's no way, you know, you're scaring people now. They've got yeah. sandbags, and we were like, no, this is a thing, like this is and we went instead of getting ten to fourteen. We end up with what twenty four or or whatever it ended up being. It's,
1: it's hard to convey a message like that in that situation too. That's no cakewalk.
0: And 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 the other thing is you also have to keep in the back of your mind that if it doesn't verify, boy, are you a are you the right. goat at the end of the day that now has to go back and tell everybody? Yeah, I mean, the data was there because guess what? Those computer models sometimes are just. Flat, Wrong. wrong. I mean, they just. Flat on their face. And and you know what? And they'll all say the same thing. Yeah. And they'll all be wrong. And you have to go to folks and go, what was I going to do? Was I going to go, well, all the computer models are saying this, but I'm going to say they're all wrong. Sometimes you can do that. Sometimes. But it takes a lot of nerve. It does take a lot of nerve. And I just don't. And it makes
1: you feel uncomfortable the whole time that you're doing it. You're like, oh, man. Yep. And you, it's like one of those instances, if it's like overnight, you wake up the first thing and you're checking observations to see.
0: Yeah. It's, I've, I've I've issued many a winter weather forecasts where I've basically put it out there and gone, you know, I'm going to go down in flames with gasoline underwear on them with this one. Because uh, I I mean, I'm going to put it out there and it's either <laughs> going to be dead on or it's going to be... That's just what it is. Or I'm going to bomb it. Right. And <laughs> a lot of them.
1: Ended panning out all right.
0: Been spot on. Mm-hmm. Some of them have been absolutely terrible and and dead wrong. So, I mean, it is what it is. Um, Yeah, I mean, do you have anything else to add on section one? I mean, like I said, that's it's a segment that we right. could really spend a lot of time a on. A lot of time on, to.
1: but, I mean, just to wrap it in a bow, it's observations, it's history, it's what we've seen and, and the model data and just all interpreting it. And putting it out there for people
0: and knowledge and experience. Yep, um, that's And, huge. and, and using Big that um, uh, to the best of your abilities as well. Um, segment two, we're going to talk about dealing with winter, winter weather. I think Walker has probably a little bit more expertise <laughs> with this. I can talk a little bit about uh, than than I do. Um, and um, like I said, we'll just keep on rolling along. You're listening to the All Prediction No Production podcast. A reminder that all episodes of the All Prediction No Production podcast can be found on Arclamus Weather Extra. There you can also find the latest in agricultural news, today's forecast, web exclusives. Learn a little bit more with Weather 101. Check out the camera network. Also submit your pet for FurCast. All of that on myarclimus.com extra. And also don't forget to download the KTVEKARD weather app. That's available on iTunes and Google Play. Segment two of the all prediction no production podcast. Uh, the no production part. Jared Floyd Walker Snowden with you uh, talking about dealing with winter weather. Um, something that we don't deal with here in the mm-hmm. Arklemus, which is where we are from or where we work. You know, dealing with winter weather. It's it is a a very not precise science. What I mean by that is there's not a blanket strategy. Um, That can be applied everywhere that works every time.
1: Oh, okay. I see what you mean. So like winter weather is. You
0: can't just go look at a table and mm, go, oh, you need to apply this at this time. It's not cut and paste. You can't cut
1: and paste with winter weather anywhere. Not one specific location is going to have the same expectations as another, even in the same state from and, one part of state to another part of a state. And
0: let's talk about that for a second. Some states, some areas, some regions are going to have better infrastructure to handle this than others. Right. Uh, the Northeast and in, in, in the, in the Midwest, obviously, are going to have way better infrastructure and, and more of a budget to, to deal with these types of things.
1: Because they get it more often. Well, yeah. If it happened more often here, like climatologically speaking... Sure. It would have to happen. Yeah. But up there, they have to deal with it because goodness gracious okay
0: so we plan more for flood mitigation mm-hmm. and for severe storm and and for in this area tropical systems right you know you don't have to plan for that in nebraska no i mean you don't have to plan for that in minnesota you don't mm-hmm. have to plan for that in new jersey upstate well, York, you know, in new doesn't jersey, worry
1: about kinda. you know landfalling hurricanes they, yeah because i not mean in upstate
0: not upstate no uh the coastal areas even they can only prepare so much for them mm. cuz is you know it's concrete jungle what right. do you, we've seen we've seen the flood impacts right. of what happens in the northeast just because they, there's so much concrete up there but that way we're, we're going completely off the rails with <laughs> winter weather you need the soil saturation you need it so that said um we we have what we would call urea which is a chemical chemical compound that we mm. use to treat roads here uh, we have a little rock salt, too, but we only have so much of both. And and the biggest problem we have here is our DOTD crews, they they do the best they can. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and again, I'm not trying to, to downplay a, a city government or a state government or a parish government saying, you know, they don't do enough. To, it's not that's not where we're going with this. What we're saying is just, you know, in this area, you don't have to deal with it that much. And, and so when you do deal with it, you know. Let's say you go out and you treat all the roads. Let's say you treat every road in the Arclamas. Boy, are we ready. And instead of starting off as sleet, you start off as rain. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? The rain's going to wash all that treatment off. Then you switch over over to freezing rain and sleet, snow, Mm -hmm. and you have no treatment on the roads. And then you wind up with where we were in February. And there's nothing you can do about it. It's not like the DOTD goes, well, I mean... Oh, well, you know, they did everything they could and they did everything by the book like they could. It's mm. just that's how weather pans out in this area.
1: And all all that effort for something that doesn't really happen that often. You can't expect for it to happen that right. often. The Monroe area and the Arclimus in general averages less than one inch of snowfall per year. So it's not normal, you know, to have tremendous amounts of snow every year. Right.
0: And the other thing to take into account, there, folks, is that doesn't mean we get a, an inch of snow every year. That means right. that, that that there are two or three or four years where we get nothing, mm-hmm. and then you may get an inch, two inches, three inches of snow. Sometimes we get four or five. Right. You know, I, I've 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 seen my share of them. It's um, an average, yeah, so it's
1: over a long period of time.
0: Um, it, as far as you you know you went to school in Oswego, right, in upstate New York. That's a
1: that's a whole different ball game. You're talking about in sync. That is about as in sync as I've seen.
0: You were talking like, about the snow plows at one right,
1: point. Right. The government and the weather community, because there's you know there's always a disconnect. There's always going to be a disconnect. Mm-hmm. But up there in terms of snowfall, it that is the most about as most in sync as you can possibly be. And so what I mean by that is we're talking about forecasting. Oh, we have a big winter storm coming up. Oh, it's something we're used to. Okay, we're expecting 8 to 12 inches, so near a foot of snow potentially right. from this winter storm. And, you know, the night before, it's still warm. You know, we haven't got the cold front coming through or anything like that, like that yet. It's still warm outside. It's still nice, or nice-speaking warm in northern terms. So it's like sure. 50 degrees. Um, and then the night before, the, the, the salt trucks, they're already out because we're not going to get any of the rain first. It's just no. going to be all snow by that time in, in most scenarios or in, in some scenarios. Um and so you see salt trucks are out, uh the dorms, they give you buckets of salt if you're on campus. That's cool. And they you and your housemates will just have to salt your your uh your front patio or whatever and the sidewalks around your house, you know, you have to. Regulation, you live on campus, it's your duty to do so. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. Um because never just had space. that problem at ULM. Yeah. <laughs> and so especially during the winter you know, if you get 12 inches of snow, you don't want to have to get out and, pl- and uh, you know, have to plow and have to shovel all your area all at once. And so we'd take shifts. And so we'd get two or three inches and our roommate Mike would go out. And he'd shovel it and then get another two, three inches. And then Grady, another one of my roommates, he'd go out and he'd shovel. You it. had a
0: roommate named Grady? I did. I had a roommate named Grady. That's awesome. My yeah, roommate named Grady roommate. is, uh,
1: he was awesome.
0: I need to send him a link to this. He'll listen to it. I'm going to send
1: the link to mine too. Okay.
0: Hello, Gradies.
1: Yeah, the best. Yeah, the best um, roommates. <laughs> it's
0: cool that they. Well, I mean, it's not cool that they made you salt the sidewalk. <laughs> but it, it's cool that, like I said, it's a well-oiled machine. It was something. That, and, you know I, I remember a time um, we ran into. Uh, fr- uh, we, we were talking about freezing fog the uh, yeah. Freezing fog, freezing fog the other day, and, um, and and we were talking about how you know mm. it can be it can be a problem if you're not careful. Oh yeah, freezing fog can become a, a big issue. And prolonged,
1: we, widespread freezing fog can be a serious
0: and, and, issue. And I don't think that they do these anymore, but I, I think they were one of the, the advisory that's discontinued. But uh, we had a freezing fog advisory issued one time when I was at ULM. Okay. And uh, I was living in Madison Hall. Madison Hall's on the uh, um, one side of Bayou Desir- mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to get into the directions. Uh, I think it's on, the, it's on the west side, I guess, of Bayou Desir or, or the north side of Bayou Desir- however you want to slice it. Um, but it was on one side of campus. And freezing fog happened. And you had a, a bridge... It went over by his ear um, to the other side of campus. That's where, you know, Malone Stadium and Fanu and Coliseum and all that is. Mm. And it's also where Schultz Cafeteria is. And that's where I needed to eat breakfast.
1: All right, Schultz and Cafeteria. And
0: so there was freezing fog. And I think they either canceled class that day. I think we did a delayed start. And, okay. and I think it was like a 10 a.m. Like, hey, that's if you, if cool, you have a class before 10, you you, you're, you don't have it. So just anything after 10, you're good to go. I was like, "Awesome! I'm gonna go get some <laughs> breakfast." Yeah, you know, um, Schultz had the best biscuits mm. and gravy, so I was gonna go get some biscuits and gravy. And I hit that bridge on the walkway with the freezing uh-huh. fog, and, and and you were walking, and again, freezing fog bridges right. and overpasses, bridges and overpasses. We talk about that all the time. And the first and, are and, freeze and the concrete and the sidewalk was fine. Then I hit that bridge, and I when I almost bit it. I oh, almost man. like broke a tailbone on that Whoa. on that bridge, but no, just just kind of slid my way over using the handrail, uh, and I got my biscuits and gravy. Nice. Yeah, I was not gonna miss. All out said and shots. done,
1: freezing fog did not stop you from getting the biscuits and gravy. Never has, never will, man. I love biscuits and gravy, especially from Waffle House. Oh
0: no, no um, what, Whataburger has great.
1: Biscuits oh, and agreed, hundred percent
0: um walker you got anything else uh as we as we wrap up you know this winter weather aspect and i will say um and not trying to give away our, la- our next episode but we will probably dabble into winter weather at times in the next episode as well oh yeah uh, but uh you got that's anything it. else to add
1: no i think that's it
0: cool all right um for walker and uh, myself also our, our cover art um our, our podcast cover art done by johnny pie um, Shout out w- to him. Yeah, wonderful job. And the music that you've heard uh, with Beautiful. the killer
1: bass. Absolutely killer bass. Is, killer. Uh,
0: and also our, our little teaser video that you see at times done by Kyle Simpson, both talented gentlemen. And um, we appreciate their, their contributions. appreciate it. But we also appreciate um, how they fit into our budget.
1: Absolutely. They did everything for free.
0: <laughs> uh, you no, know, they work with us here at uh, KTVEKARD. They're wonderful. Uh, they're in the creative services department. And and they do put the creative in the creative services Absolutely. department.
1: Absolutely, Great work, work. Great to work with.
0: All right. Uh, episode four in the books. Uh, we'll wrap on. Uh, we'll uh, put uh, one more um uh, episode uh, in the books uh, on uh, episode 5 and that'll finish up the pilot pack all right that'll and finish up the pilot pack yep all right thanks so much for listening to uh, the all prediction no production podcast have a great rest of your day all predictions, no productions. all prediction no production all prediction no production all predictions, no productions, all predictions, no production all prediction no production